0: This is Dance Talk Radio brought to you by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. I am your host, Charles Tyson Jr. And today's guest is a treat for me. Uh, He not only is an integral part of Philadelphia Dance, he is a world Renowned performer on stage and screen and Broadway. Gary Flannery is in the house and I am thrilled. Good morning, Gary.
1: Good morning, Charles. It's it's a delight to be here.
0: It's a delight to have you here. So it's so interesting how uh, our paths crossed. (laughs) We have a mutual friend who likes to introduce us to interesting people uh to possibly book for podcasts and he said you he know he knows uh that i'm a choreographer and dancer he was like oh i have a friend who knows bob fossey is that a thing for you <laughs> you well, know and yeah, we, we got to mention, talking and
1: we didn't even mention philadelphia you know
0: Exactly. That just came out in the in the conversation. And I was yeah. like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so before we get into um, the the big glitz of your career, let's let's start with your your Philadelphia roots and your ties to Philadelphia dance. Give us a, a little history on yourself. Gary Flannery.
1: Quickie. OK, um, it doesn't Grant- have to be quick. Francis <laughs> Xavier Gary John Flannery, uh, born Francis Xavier, after my father, here in Philadelphia. And um, he was um, a great man, uh, a soldier as well as a, a businessman, and he ran the Roman House Corporation in Philadelphia there, was the head mm. of personnel and stuff. So, um, so we had roots down in Fort Richmond, you know. And Bridesburg, that whole sort of area. And oh, yeah. Not well. And yet he, we moved to the country into Bucks County, um, and, uh, when I was very, very young. And so basically I was brought up in Bucks County, uh, and I started dance there. I have, um, a Russian grandmother, uh, Chankas, who, uh, decided that, um, they had seen enough of me running around the house and, and destroying Mm. furniture and and talk about ADD. I mean, I I was, I was the prime candidate, certainly. And so, (laughs) uh, she decided to channel that energy into dance. She had actually supported, uh, dance in Russia. And so she found me a a great Russian teacher out in Bucks County, um, uh, uh, and, uh, and I learned right from the beginning, you know, that it was it was all serious business, and, and oh, yeah. so I I uh, studied ballet pretty hard um, with him, and went to another teacher out there as well, uh, Fred Connect. You've I mean, heard his name through the channels, but,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and then uh, as I grew um, more with my my technique and and want to um, possibly go into a career and perform um, I was told about this woman in Germantown called Jean Williams and Mm, so mm -hmm. um, uh, early on probably maybe 10 11 ish I started commuting on the Reading Railroad in and out of Germantown um, oh yeah and uh and taking a couple of classes a week there more than a couple of days a week um with multiple classes on each day so so I really started buckling down pretty hard and by 12 and 13 I was already being offered scholarships into New York with the School of American Ballet with
0: Balanchine oh wow um,
1: yeah and and Jean Jean was great not only was she a great teacher but she had had multiple students that had gone on and, and she had all kinds of connections with Pennsylvania ballet company. And, and so we constantly had guest teachers coming in from BBC, uh, Bobby Rodham, Fiona Furstner, yeah. and, and, um, uh, Barbara Sanado uh, Oh yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and, and then Judy Jamison as well was, you know, one of her early students. So Judy would come in and then another great guy, um, who went more into musical theater and, and uh, television um, was Walter Painter, and Walter mm. was her great students, and he would come in um, always with a blonde and a redhead, one on either side, you know, and <laughs> telling all these stories of Hollywood and all this money and glory, and and there's there's a, the um, uh, <laughs> the sights and sounds that always captured me sort of and so even though i was i was primarily a a ballet student and and continued with that um i i kind of knew in my heart that i would be going into musical theater and and show dancing you know for the money
0: well (laughs) understandable Mm. and um
1: how it began and Okay. Ended up in New York City, you know, um, but but I always enjoyed so much my time in Philadelphia. I was back and forth between New York and Philadelphia, and Gene was doing little TV programs all the time, and so I'd end up on Sally Star and Chief Halftown and and um, all guys. In- yeah, that's
0: my childhood there. right there. <laughs> there it
1: is. I'm, I'm telling you. You know, and I was still a child, you know, performing on these shows. I would, I, I'd go on and they, they put this like real fancy. In. And I also used to, um, Gene was connected with the Ukrainian American string band. Um, oh wow. So, so I marched down, and I danced down Broad Street, you know, uh, for many years, um, you know, uh, in the string bands and, and used to go in little tours with them, drunken,
2: <laughs> Performers well, they were,
1: but um, right. uh, uh, so so there was all kinds of opportunities, to, you know, for me to perform, and and, and I did, and, um, and so that sort of began it all. Uh, I my father, I uh, said, was in the military, and, and yet he supported my dance and and uh, wholeheartedly and used to run me in and out of the trains in the middle of the you know night at 11, right. 12 years old I mean I'm commuting by myself you
2: know,
1: wow coffee, yeah Germantown no less and running down Germantown Avenue to catch the freedom train you know. <laughs> yeah
2: and that was... took
0: you to to New York yes at such a young age wow so what were your first um big things in New York.
1: Well, um, I had gotten, again, a, a full scholarship to the School of American Ballet uh, for mm-hmm. one summer first. Uh, and that was great. Um, and so then I went back the next summer again. Um, so now I'm like 14 or something. 14, 15. And, um, and then they asked me to stay full time. Uh, so I ended up being uh, getting some rooming and and some schooling supposedly right. <laughs> I, I never even saw these these teachers but um, uh, so I was basically taking um, six classes a day oh wow so eight o'clock at night I was dancing ballet you know pretty much entirely and uh, so and then I, I was crashing with two guys that were from Gene Williams studio, um, that lived nearby, you know, with a big apartment. And right. um, and and so I was kinda of crashing in in one of their small little, you know, three year room and um, and it's a but it was a five story walk up. So so oh, here wow. I am Seven six seven o'clock at night, just like crawling up these steps, uh, to to get to this apartment. i, mean, I uh, exhausted. This is crazy. After but all I, that,
0: then you still have to do all the all the steps.
1: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, men's advanced class, I started, you know, taking was eight a.m. with Stanley Williams, and um, and I'd have everyone from Rudolph Nerev to Eric Broom and wow. and Eddie well, all the company members, all the guys, you know, in the class. And, and, um, and then I, I remembered even the day Peter Martins came in for the first class, who was, you know, a student of right. Danny Williams, who was from the Royal Danish Ballet, So you spent
0: right? most of your day in the air?
1: <laughs> in the air, absolutely. Just in pull <laughs> you know, and, um, uh, it it was it was quite incredible. I, Stanley liked me a lot, and so here I am at whatever age, and um, and Fernando Pajones and I are are young boys, kind of hiding in the back of all these guys, you know. And then Stanley would bring me forward to like demonstrate something.
0: Wow. <laughs> in front of Rudolph
1: rail and stuff, you know. And he's like, oh god, and um, and I would I would sort of tried to suffer through it, but, uh, um, eventually I started getting pretty good.
0: Well, what else can you do? (laughs) Well,
1: it was, I mean, and it wasn't that I had any talent, you know, at all. I was just a guy, so they needed guys, you know, and, um, uh, and I, I, I worked hard. I worked really probably harder than anyone I ever saw, you know, in classes and, um, and rehearsals and things uh, and then I got a notice one day I kinda, I got a, a call to go to Diane Adams who was the company um, world well, of the, the school director mm-hmm. and, uh, who had given me my scholarship and she said we're, we're not going to renew your scholarship and I was like uh, why she said, well we just don't think that you're right for the company you know and I started, like, saying, you know, like, my God, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, and Stanley Williams uses me to teach classes, and, right. and like, Danilova loves me and, and uses me to teach, demonstrate things in class, and, and, and she's like, blah, 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 And I was like, you know, blah, blah, this, honey.
2: Uh- so
1: <laughs> so I, I emptied out my locker that morning and walked right across Central Park into the Harkness Ballet School and Company. And um, it was still only like eight thirty nine a.m., and Patricia Neary, who I knew from from you know Pat Neary at, at New York City Ballet, and she was kind of you know uh, around there quite a bit, and she was you know helping direct the school, and so I walked in and she said, "Gary, what were you doing here?" I was like, "Well, Diane Adams just released me." She's like, "Are they freaking nuts?" Right. <laughs> Eventually, I threw the grapevine, I found out that it was, you know, it was a woman problem. I had been dating a young girl that one of the company members married, you know, um, with, with, with aimless, but, um, you know, liked and wanted. And so, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, uh, um, Miss Neary said, uh, listen, you know, the company just started class upstairs. Why don't you, uh, I see, I'm still in my leotard tights, no less. So she said, why don't you go upstairs and, and they'll take a look at you. So, uh, so by the end of that class, they offered me a full training, you know, ship with the company. And, um, and that be, began stage two, kind of in earnest. And, and that was just incredible there
0: the stories Okay, stage um, two. Yeah, I mean
1: it, it. It was it was remarkable. I mean the, the dancers there, the company, the um, the studios, and, you know, and and um, uh, Dalí, you know, Salvador Dalí, you know, running in and out of the building all the time because he. Was, oh my god! Yeah, well, he was he was uh, designing all of these these sets and costumes for. Numerous pieces for the company. Um, and and he, he, all of these designs and all of this stuff is like up on the walls. And, and Dali himself would come in and with his cane and, and his mustache. And, and and he'd ride up in the elevator with him, you know. And it'd be like, wow, you know, fascinating. <laughs> um, was
0: he weird in real life?
1: <laughs> well, he, he was not very talkative. You know, um, he he would just kind of nod at you. You know, um, being a youngling, you know,
0: right?
2: And
1: nobody, but because um, uh, he had just gotten out of Rebecca Hartness's, you know, blue Rolls Royce or something. you know, Oh, the the building, and so <laughs> uh, I mean that this place was just dripping in money and gold and stuff. And right, gold. Alice was always at the door, guarded twenty four hours a day by a security man. And um you know, it was twenty four karat gold this huge chalice that turned around on a pedestal. And it had butterflies wings that opened and closed as it went around. Oh my and god. And the butterfly's wings were all made of, of emeralds and rubies and, and diamonds and sapphires. And it was it was just ridiculous.
0: Probably worth more than the average person's head. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well she <laughs> had renovated her entire, you know, Fifth Avenue townhome, which was like eight stories or something, into these studios in her company. Um and so you know, all of the all of the lamps and things were all gold leaf and chandeliers and stuff.
2: You know.
0: <laughs> oh wow.
1: Yeah. And they and they spared no expense. I mean, even as a trainee, I was given a, a an entire like trunk full of clothes and shoes and stuff every month, every month. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, so um, it, it was it was quite something, and, and the talent there was just extraordinary. We were we were sort of the sister company to Joffrey Bowell at the time as well
2: mm, mm-hmm, so yeah.
1: as they would perform we would be allowed to go and see Joffrey you know perform as well for free uh, and so you know watching Bobby Bricey and, and that company perform was just thrilling to say the least
0: I can but imagine wow
1: yeah yeah and and then um, so, you know, next thing you know, though, I have, uh, a, a, some trouble there, um, with some young boys who could not take no for an answer, and so they decided to attack me down in the dressing room one morning, and, hmm. um, yeah, and, and it was not, it was not nice, and it was not pretty, and so I kind of left them semi-conscious, um, in the dressing room and unpacked my locker and went up to barged into Donald Sadler's office, who was the company director and manager of the school uh, as well. And I said, you know, I I, I could sue people for everything you got, but I don't care, you know. Right. And and two of your sissies are down in the locker room, might need some medical attention, so... Oh my! I'm out of here. You know, and I called uh, this guy um, Brian McDonald, you know, who's one I was understanding one of his pieces. I'm out of mine um, with Larry Lawrence Rose, and uh, he always said when I got tired of this nonsense, you know, at uh, this place, that you know, give him a call and he'd have me up in Canada in a heartbeat. And so I literally that day called him, and he said, you know get on the friggin' plane. You know, you were in the middle of the season with the Grand Ballet, but, um, you're in. Wow. So they had plane ticket waiting for me. at the airport and, you know, zoom into Montreal for stage
0: three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stage two was quick. <laughs> stage
1: two was, was, yeah, well, you know, I mean, there were other things that happened in between that, but, They forced me to go back to high school in Chamonix High School in Bucks County
2: um, Mm. uh,
1: just so that they could say I was there and stuff. Right, yeah. And then um, I wasn't dancing as much, and so I ended up running track. Actually, the track coach forced me to run track, and I broke um, the state and most national records. For the mile and two mile run.
0: Which uh, makes sense. Because strength and endurance. From all of the Russian and Balanchine dancing.
1: Well exactly. I mean I, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm dancing 10 hours a day. So running for four or five minutes. This is a joke.
0: It was warm up for. <laughs> not. It was part of your warm up. <laughs>
1: so then I had track scholarships. Offered to me all over the country. And, and um after some time in Canada, this and that happened. And, and I ended up, um, with a full scholarship to Juilliard in Ballet. And so, wow. So I'm telling all these track coaches that I have a full scholarship to Juilliard. And they're like, what, the, what the hell are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I said. <laughs>
1: Juilliard. <laughs> and, uh, they didn't even know what that was.
0: Right. So, um,
1: And to tell you honestly, you know, today it would have been a a more difficult decision because there was no real professional track at the time. And these guys make $100,000 a race. Yeah. You know, and are millionaires. Yeah. And uh, and I I was, I could have just destroyed people. You know, I was so good and so strong. Um, I used to, in front of my track coach, even said, you know, I don't know what you do, you know, but go, go do it. Don't practice with us. I don't care what you do. Just go run. <laughs> so i go on right. like 13-mile, you know, runs myself, you know, doing like five-minute miles, you know. <laughs> wow. And, and just increasing my strength and endurance. It's
0: unbelievable. Which and then, then goes been, into helping your dancing. It's a nice little cycle.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I continued running even while I performed and, and danced for many, many years. Um, so, um, Jewelyard was another rare occasion. I mean, you know, I'm in there now with Anthony Tudor. Mm. He the ballet and Jose Lamone and Martha Graham and, um, and so my goodness, uh, you know,
0: just a couple of names. Too much better
1: than that, it's and, um, and yet, I, as a freshman, I'm the most advanced student in the whole school. Day. I'm in all the advanced lessons, classes, and and um, um, and I used to sneak over to Martin Graham Studio at night sometimes, and, and take Bertram Ross and other classes over there, and. and um, and Martha pulled me out in the hallway one one night, and she said, "You're mine." And I <laughs> said, <"Well>, okay,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Paying ninety dollars a week to like, you know supper rolling around on the floor for ten hours a day. You know, so I I'm, "I'm not sure about that, but I didn't say that, of course." Right. It's, it was quite an honor, and Jose Lamone, asked me to join his company. Anthony Tuber asked me to go into Vernica in Valley Theater at that time. Um, and so I told my dad, which was the only reason I was at Juilliard, you know, um, was demanded that I go to college. And so, um, I told him, I said, listen, all of my teachers are trying to get me to leave. You know? right? So what's the sense? Um, and then after all that, uh, one year I spent there, um, uh, Anne Green Gables called again, which I had done up in Canada um, earlier, and, and then they wanted me to do the lead league role in a world tour, and they we were paying you know, $1,500 a week.
0: Whew.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, so I marched up to Martha Hill's office. The directors of dance at Juilliard, and said, "I'm I'm out of here." Um,
0: <laughs> right.
1: I think I'll be back, but she said, "Well, you know, we we certainly enjoyed you." I said, "By the way, you know, all of your teachers have asked asked me to leave school and join their company." So I uh, I don't mean to like <laughs> sort of rat on anybody, but I I don't think it's really the right. Thing. And she, she just went through the roof. She's really mad, which she should have been. I mean, that, it's not right,
0: you know? right? And as fabulous as that might be, <laughs> if you think about it from their perspective, yeah, that is kind of not cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and again, I, I I had some um, rules and and. Um, karma that I went by and and, and that just seemed wrong you know, to me somehow. Even though I was honored of course and, and flattered by that. But um, uh I mean the American Valley Theater the other thing was the American Valley Theater is paying hundred and fifteen a, a a week <laughs> you know. Great, right. uh, paying like ninety dollars a week. So right. let's see fifteen hundred dollars a week versus $90.
0: Let me do the math. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm so out of here. <laughs> yeah, so so I ended up um, touring Canada, touring the world, and, and, and pretty much buckling down into a musical theater career. So is I, how I ended up back in New York with uh, an audition for Bob Fosse. So, oh, yeah. How are, how are we doing? You got any questions or
0: no or, this is great keep going yeah I'm just going
1: okay <laughs> the narrative is going <laughs> all right all right well um so well i i come back into new york from canada uh where prime minister trudeau himself you know pierre um, had made me a, a canadian citizen you know because when i went on this tour they were booking as a canadian company
2: so right. i
1: got canadian citizenship you know, social security, passport, everything. I was a full-fledged citizen in Canada, as I still am. And so um, uh, so now I come back into New York, though, you know, pretty, um, with, with a good head on my shoulders about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Saw some musicals in New York um, that I had seen some earlier as well, and so I was always fascinated with Bob Fosse I saw the original Sweet Charity on Broadway with Glenn.
0: Right. And, um,
1: uh, and so uh, he is having an audition for Pippin, you know, for one male mm. request for the Broadway company of Pippin. And so I go to the audition having no idea what the show was, you
0: know. Right.
1: Pretty, you know, much just gotten back to New York. Um, and so I'm in the audition and there's like a thousand gods. for this one part. Right. And so I'm blasting through this audition and everything. And I make it down anyway to about the last um, 10, 20 guys or something. And we're singing. Um, and so I start singing um, Promises, Promises, which I coached on. So right. I start singing. And about two seconds into it, Fosse's in the, in the auditorium, you know. And he stops and he's like, wait, wait. Alright, I want you to start that over again. I mean, this time, I want you to grab your crotch and start playing with yourself.
2: So,
0: so I mean, that sounds know, on brand for Bob Fosse. <laughs> you
1: know, can, can, you know, wipe that out a little. You know, there was nothing you know, terribly crazy or wrong about it. But but yet, you know, I had no idea what the show was. So, so I'm standing and, and and I said, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And so he jumps up and he's and he's like, Did you not hear me? And I said, Grab your crotch and start playing with yourself. Five, six, seven, eight. I uh, promises Promises This is weird. <laughs> so I'm I'm going through this. I'm finally on, on the floor, you know, humping the floor and stuff while I'm singing and, and he's just rolling in in the audience.
0: You know. Never let it be said that you can't take direction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, okay, okay, that's enough. Yeah, so, um, so anyway, it got down to two of us. Uh, and he came over to me first and he said, listen, um, I'm not sure if you realize, but, but this is for a swing for the show. You know, it's it's not one of the parts. And, and so... Um, I, I'm i about to put the first national tour together, and I want you to play this role in the national tour. And, and I said, Well that's great, Bob, except is this like some sex act or something? You know? <laughs> and so I don't know what the show is. So he's like, well, you come by the theater tonight, and you can stand with me, and we'll watch the show. And we'll talk about it. So, so that's how I got to meet Bob. and Went by the show, and and so he's pointing out this guy with this big cape and big hat and stuff who was literally holding, grabbing himself and fondling himself through the whole magic to do opening number, you know, and, and soliciting the first five, ten rows of the audience into trying to come up on stage and, and masturbate him. So <laughs> it's like, okay. Sounds now, right.
0: <laughs> now I kind of get but okay.
1: So, um, so that's the role that I did in, in the first national tour, uh, and it was it was quite an incredible company, and um, that was nine months. So then after that, I came back into New York, and Bob loved me and threw me into the Broadway company. Uh, ben Green had come back into the show even at that point, and said, right. what a what a delight to you know jump up on stage with him! Like, God, you know. It's like plugging your hand in the socket, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so so here I am on Broadway, you know, finally, and uh, making you know, all kinds of money. But meanwhile, I'm doing, uh, I'm still hooked on concert games. So not only am I taking ballet classes every day, uh, but I'm working with a, a black jazz company in New York City, Fred Benjamin's company. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm working with them. I've become his lead dancer, you know, being a lily white boy that I I was. Right. um, Uh, you know, I performed with the company and, and it was, it was amazing work. And, and then I would do different kinds of, um, industrials and TV shows and, and commercials and things, you know. As well, I did the first like Dr. Pepper commercials uh, that were seen, and, um, huh. and did all kinds of little TV specials with Luna Horn and this and that, and, and, um, and so I'm making money hand over fist. And,
0: yeah, really? Uh,
1: yeah, you know it was really good, and um, and then Shirley McLean comes into town, and I end up doing her first TV special, "Gypsy in My Soul." Yeah. and um, and so I was one of the gypsies, you know. I had a mustache on. She forced me to have a mustache on. luckily I had it on already, so you know, I was older than I. Well, not sure if did. I did have it in that chair. yeah. And um, and so uh, she ended up picking me to go on this little three month tour that she wanted to do over in Europe. Um, and to leave Broadway, to leave Pippen. And I was like, I just got on Broadway.
0: I just got here.
1: I've just been touring for so long already. And she's like, well, it's only three months, and we're going to Monte Carlo and London and Paris, you know, and we'll, and we'll make $2,500 a week. I was like, Fine.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: Why okay. didn't you lead with that, lady? <laughs> and I, and I,
1: wow. Okay. So we opened her show in Monte Carlo as a guest of Princess Grace for a month. I had a mm. sweet hotel de there and went partying with Grace Kelly every night. Um, then we go to London at the Palladium and, and the world is just freaking out over our show. I mean, the show is built... So phenomenal. We had two different choreographers, you know, Tony Lee and Alan Johnson, and then um, Fred Ebb and Cy Coleman, you know, brilliant uh, masters of, of music and theater, you know, yeah. <laughs> put our show together. Uh, and so it was really just incredibly brilliant. And um, so two and a half years later, I'm still out on the road with her uh, after it was in, supposed to be a three month tour by the time. We got to Paris, I mean they had attached like two years onto the tour. And we wow. played Sydney Opera House, we played Kennedy Center Opera House, I and mean, we broke every we broke thirty eight box office records around the world. You know. I'm making up to five thousand dollars a week now. Shirley's making five hundred thousand dollars a week. This is in nineteen seventy five. Right. And yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to do the, the conversion math because I might start crying. <laughs> like
1: unbelievable amounts of money, you know. And, um, and so I, it was fun because, you know, it ended up being just four of us, two guys and two girls were there on tour. And I became sort of the, the leader of the pack. And and um, so I was getting accused to cars using like, you know, Zoom Zoom Mercedes and, and Lincolns and stuff. And, and, um, and then I, I would take the company out on little picnic tours, you know, the other dancers and sometimes the um, musical director, Don Trenner, this wonderful guy. And we'd go to the castles in Germany and wherever, you know, and, and I'd go to the company manager and, and I'd say, Michael, we're going on a picnic tomorrow. And he's like, oh, God. And starts pulling money out of his pocket already. He's like, how much is the picnic going to cost? And I said, well, a thousand should, should do it. Uh, <laughs> so he'd rip off, like, ten $100 bills just, like, out of this wad. Right. know. And, and then off we go, you know. <laughs> and um,
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and,
1: and after those first couple months, actually, I... Uh, I enacted some other things for myself, especially that um, uh, everywhere we went in the world, I, I got an apartment with kitchen, <laughs> as expensive as that was. You know, right, yeah. And, um, and a car. And so um, so it, was, it was an amazing tour. It was just absolutely amazing. And because of her and her Hollywood connections and what have you, you know, we had all the celebrities of the world constantly coming into the show. Um, Wow. And so I have one quick story, especially opening night in Paris, okay? We finish the show, and there's a knock, knock, knock on the door, and so I open the door, and and it's Sophia Loren.
0: know,
1: In all her glory, (laughs) by herself, you know, although I could see some of the bodyguards down the hall, and I and I was shocked. I just, I couldn't even speak. She's like, well, aren't you going to invite me in? I was like, oh, Miss Red, how would you, would you like some you know, Cristal? I have Cristal on ice. By this point, you know, my dressing room was completely stocked like a friggin' rock star, you know. So I have oh. Cristal,
0: you know, cases in the room, you know, on ice. Just in case for moments like just, this.
1: Yeah. And so exactly. She's like, oh, I love Cristal. So she comes in. <laughs> We started, you know, drinking Christelle Champagne. And she's like, she, she said, um, you know, I, I just wanted to, to tell you that, that you're one of the most incredible performers I've ever seen on stage. And and you don't need her at all. <laughs> like,
0: sure. You know. Everyone is trying to steal you from everyone else.
1: I <laughs> you know, I was... I was demand, man, I guess. My so.
0: goodness.
2: Like,
1: whatever. I, 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 didn't, I didn't go for it all the time, you know, like this. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, let's see, I know there's this like, you know, Ponzi guy, you know, and, and he's connected to like such and such. And, and I was like, no, this is not going to work. So I said, right. maybe we should go and see Shirley now. And she's like, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> finished her little glass of champagne and out the door she went. And, uh, all right, call dad. <laughs> dad, <laughs> guess who? <laughs> <You know. laughs> oh, it was, it was remarkable. You know.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's was, it was pretty <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, tours and tours and tours and, and back and forth later. Finally, uh, I find out that Bob had constantly been calling Shirley himself, you know, to force her to let me come back to him. You know, he wanted me to do Chicago on Broadway. He wanted me to do this with his D special. He wanted me to do this. He wanted me to do that. Then I was the first person that was called to do dancing on Broadway. Wow. No audition just you know, he called. He wanted me to do that show. And, um, and she's like, "No, no, you can't have it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're in a tug of war between Shirley MacLaine and Bob Fosse. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I, like I said, only recently found out that you know from the company manager and stuff. Um, That's amazing. And so that was really pretty incredible, right? That I'm being fought over by these two, no less. And so then finally, Bob wins. Because he he calls up and, and says I'm doing this movie you know, all that jazz, and i have and I have and a featured role in the movie, and so he's coming back. That's it. So she forced the hand and and, and she had to audition like two thousand guys to find a replacement for me, you know, in her wow. show. Yeah, and not so. That's gotta
0: feel pretty good. Replaced, right?
1: Well, and and so. You know, I come in um, to all that jazz, and and it was just it was just a phenomenal experience. And I mean, to work with Bob firsthand on an original production like this. You
0: know? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies.
1: Well, it was it was pretty wild, um, and especially since you know he's telling the story of his life pretty much. Right. You know,
0: Except you know, it's you know, not you know, about his life. It's about well, another that, choreographer producer. That's <laughs> not real bullshit. I know.
1: It was totally him.
0: Any I mean, similarities it, are completely coincidental. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm. That was that was to uh, appease you know the, the mothers or something. Right. Like yeah. So. Yeah. But um, but no, it was it was pretty scary because some of the things that we're like going through in rehearsals and things would like end up in the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Like, uh, I'm in the bathroom one day when he comes in throwing up, you know, and, and it ends up in the movie. It's, it's just a lot of things like that. But, yeah. but I have a quick story about about what happened in the movie. Um, Please. So we're rehearsing okay. for about two weeks and everything's going well and and I'm I'm doing a male adagio in the movie that he had hired John Sowinsky, the principal dancer of ballet theater at the time. Mm-hmm. And who couldn't sing and do jazz or theater at all. But he was brought in strictly to do this male adagio with me. Okay. And um and so, you know, at first I hemmed about it was like, you know, great, I'm doing a male adagio. Okay. Um but you know, it was Bob Fosse so I knew it was gonna be magnificent. Right. And, and the apartment was just incredible. And so so now the day before we go to Astoria Queens, which is this old cold studio that we filmed in out there, um, and this was already January, February. And oh, he no. comes in, to the old Broadway Art Studio, which is what the studio that he rebuilt out in Astoria. Mm-hmm. You know, the studio that we we practiced it all the time and so he comes in at like 8 a.m and he says okay guys strip your dance belts girl take off your tops
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah never ever having anybody mentioned anything like this okay and so you know i'm stripped my dance belt i mean he said something amazing.
0: well by now you know the drills. So. <laughs>
1: drill I mean, you know, I'm, and I'm making double salary I'm already in, in dancing on Broadway you know that he had thrown me into right um, you know as as well so I'm making double salary with him as well and so I'm standing there in my dance belt going oh great now I'm doing the male melodizer practically in the movie oh well okay mom so <laughs> it's, it's going to be an eye fall you know <laughs> Um, and, uh, and yet, if he had said to be, you know, stripped naked, I would have been standing there naked.
0: Right. I mean,
1: this was it. So, I'm the only one in the room that moved. Only one. Okay? So, now, this girl who had been working with us as the lead dancer was not Sandra Bergman the blonde, okay? It was another girl who was doing casting on Broadway at the time. Oh, we're I will remain nameless, she doesn't like to hear about it or talk about right. it. Right, but, but if she's that,
0: being Cassie, then we know she's fabulous.
1: She was incredible, and um, and so she, she, to make a long story short, called over the guy smoke smoke smoke, who was Phil Friedman, you know Bob Fosse's actual stage manager, you know. Right, and and so she calls him over and says, you know, I, I want forty thousand dollars. Take off my top. And he looked at her with that look exactly. And then, <laughs> and so then he saunders over to Bob, who is now turning purple. You know, in the hallway, I mean, in the doorway, because nobody's moving. You know, and um,
0: why is I, no one naked?
2: Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: they just didn't get the email or something. You know, and he spoke. And usually that was it, you know? But this just hit their nerves, which is, I still to this day don't know whether it was a test, you know, for that or he planned it or, or what. But
2: Either
0: way, did, same result.
1: <laughs> same result. So he goes over to Bob and he says, oh, she wants $40,000. And he screams, top of his lungs, you get your goddamn bag and get the hell out of here.
0: Gone. That sounds right. So,
1: yeah. So by the time she was about halfway across the floor, everybody's tops were off,
0: clothes were off. Uh huh. Yeah, gone. Uh
2: huh.
1: So, <laughs> so they would be next. I mean, he, she didn't care. So so now I'm thinking to myself standing there, you know, great, this is going to be a solo. I'm going to have a big solo night. <laughs> One man show. You it. You Choreographed by Bob Fosse, yeah. So it was, it was something else. And, and then as rehearsal, you know, continued. Gary I with said, a G.
0: <laughs>
1: My name is Gary, and so um, so he came over to me, and, you know, I, after things settled down a little, and he said, put his arm around me, and he said, listen, I want to thank you for for what you did. And I said, what did I do? He's like, well, you, know, you went down to your dance belt. You know, when I asked him, I said, Bob, oh. I said, if you had asked me to be naked, I would have been standing there naked. It's like, you know, you're the most brilliant director and choreographer on the planet, and certainly that I ever worked with. And, right. And, um, and I trust you implicitly, you know, with what's going to happen in this film. And so, so that was nice. That was the kind of, um, you know, PR that we had together, which was really wonderful. Um, and so so he has Sandra the LeBron, brought in there within like an hour.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and starting to, you know, put the number together the next day. Although actually when we started filming, we did the audition sequence first. Um, which you'll even notice, you know, she's not even in.
2: <laughs> so, mm. Right. right.
1: Um, but, uh, um, and uh, and so, you know, now I'm doing dancing on Broadway at night, um, 13 of 17 numbers in the show.
0: Oh, and, uh,
1: and I'm rehearsing and putting all that jazz together during the day, you know. And so then.
0: You're literally but, eating, sleeping, breathing, Fosse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. But I, I didn't enjoy you know the man's um karma and and politics as much as as his work you know and so so i steered clear of all the parties all the nonsense i just went home
0: that was a smart decision i'm sure
1: (laughs) well i i think so you know um most of those guys are dead
0: (laughs) draw your own conclusions
1: yeah, from drugs, sex, everything. Yeah. And, you know, over and above what would one would consider normal, you know? right? And um, uh, and no, I, I had limits. You know, I wasn't approved by any means, but but I had limits, and and these people were out of their minds, you know, for the most part. Um, and so, so then I'm. I'm Finally, you know, over with the movie, I'm doing dancing on Broadway, and Bob comes up to me. He's like, "You know, I'm putting the first national tour together, and and I I need you to go." I was like, "Wow, wait a minute, wait! I just got back from touring the friggin' world, five million miles, you know? Right? I'm now on Broadway in your show. What do you mean I'm going?" He's it- like, I'm I need you to do this, you know, play Bojangles and do these numbers, you know, for the tour. And I was like, I ain't going. He's like, huh. you're going. I ain't going. You're going. <laughs> so, so, finally it comes to the point where he lays on me that if I don't do the tour, he's not going to put it together and send out a tour. So I was like, oh, great. So now I'm going to take, you know, 40 people's
0: Sorry, okay. Everyone's gonna know. Everyone's gonna blame you. <laughs> but
1: it blame me, right? So, um, so I went on the tour, and it was glorious. It was just amazing, you know. Got to L.A. and three months at the Amundsen, <clears throat> and um, uh, Chicago three months. Amundsen for three months in L.A. and three months San Francisco. Um, so it wasn't like you know traveling all the time. And I had nice apartments with kitchens again because I always like to cook and, and keep myself healthy. Um, right. And then finally, by then it was the end of the road, and so I had met my wife and and um, decided to to leave leave touring. And um, after that show, so we got married in '79 and settled back in Bucks County. Uh, at which point I came into University of the Arts, which then was called the College of Performing Arts. Right. And, mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I had some wonderful you know, years there with with Susan Glazer and, and oh, Alexi- yeah. Alexei Udinich and, and um, Andrew Papp and all the great teachers there and stuff. Um, you know, and, uh, and yet I had already opened... My own school out in Bucks County, and I had 500 students in my school. You know, oh wow! I opened it right. And what and was the name I of your school? Up, new Dance Studio. And oh, that was you. That was me. Okay. But, yeah, and I um, uh, and it was all adults. I, I had 13 and up, so no reciters, no nonsense. You right. Know, just work. Class and I brought in again Fred Benjamin and all kinds of Ben Simonson, all kinds of wonderful teachers doing master classes, and, um, both out there and even in Philadelphia, at the college. I would bring you know Fred and people into that, um, and so it was it was really good, and I and I started to have a nice renewed respect for Philadelphia and and. Um, uh, I remember going to one of the first meetings for the Philadelphia Dance Alliance.
0: Um, oh, my God. Rest in peace, Philadelphia Dance Alliance.
1: Uh, well, I, I, I kind of pictured, you know, as most dance alliances <laughs> didn't last, that it wouldn't last forever. Um, and they even tried to do one out in Bucks County, not, not dance, but an oh. arts alliance. And so... I went to, and I won the Governor's Award in the Arts in Pennsylvania one year. Uh, nice. For all the things that I was trying to do and was doing. And um, and so I went to this meeting in Bucks County, you know, which is the artistic community of the country, you know. And, mm. uh, and the only thing we settled on at the meeting was that we would never have any more meetings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: can happen. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So that was that was that and, um, uh, but, but I had some wonderful time um, jumping back on the Reading Railroad again you know, and this time right into Market Street you know and then running down to Broad Street to teach my classes and, um, It was kind of old funky studios at that at that time. Um, but the students were always great and very excited and, um, and, I, and I'd always, Come early to, to watch Alexei teach, in his sneakers and with those feet and stuff, right? Um, and I had seen him perform in many years in you know, the Pennsylvania Ballet Company, and um, he was just brilliant. Uh, he was such a great, wonderful guy, and, and rest in peace. And you know, he, uh, yeah. he uh, amazing dude, you know, talent. Barbara I is still still with us so
0: you know,
1: mm-hmm. in New York once in a while
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: but uh, um, so at this point I, I'm still kind of in cahoots with the Fosse foundations and, and I go in and out of New York on occasion and teach um, some of Fosse's original repertoire because um, I I always made time even while we were doing all that jazz and he would have like two hours free while they were breaking sets down and and, um, and, I, and I'd ask them to go over a number with me you know who's got the pain or whatever
0: Oh, um, I love that number
1: yeah I love it too and and Steam Heat but but actually oh, know, yeah. Steam Heat and the McLean's show uh, about halfway through the tour. she
2: uh-huh.
1: decided to do Steam Heat and she was in the original you know pajama game how she got her fame and um uh, and so he and uh, Zoya, you know, came in and rehearsed us uh, for the Steam Heat, the original, original. And so, you know, my interpretation of Bob Fosse's Verrett is is like
0: no one else at this point. Which so, makes sense. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was, you know, not only there, but I was really pretty much after a while, considered his lead, lead dancer. And he would use me to demonstrate to people how he wanted things to look. Um, and, and what was exciting was when he put the first national tour of dancing together, since I didn't rehearse with him during the original production, um, now he spent a lot of time putting the, the national tour together. And so he would come in and, and he'd have me up front demonstrating everything. Every number, even numbers I wasn't in, you know. Right. And, and then he, he put his arm around me again, and be like, "How come they don't look like you?" He's like, "Well, they're never going to look like me, Bob. I mean,
0: they're I, not me. <laughs> they, they didn't work
1: with Balanchine, and you know, and um, Graham and Lamone and, and I mean, uh, you know, and Anthony Tudor. I mean." I just had extraordinary luck in, in the training that I had
0: That actually brings me to a question that I have for you. Um, how much uh, for lack of a better word, unlearning did you have to do to be able to properly embody Fosse's style?
1: Um, no, it was it was just additional learning. okay. You know, and what I explained to people, especially about him and his work, was that he had as many um, and as intricate lines in, in his arms and his body as any ballet that i you know, ever learned. Um,
0: right. So, for But me, they sometimes feel like... Um, well, it was
1: jazzier uh, and sexier, you know. Right. Sexual, but, but yet it was... It was still pretty intense, and, and especially the way I did it, and right? Which was unlike what I mean. If you see the movie, all that jazz. I mean, he has me featured, you know, even in that number. You know, mm. how many spaces, you know, on the floor that the camera is focused on me.
0: You know, mm-hmm. And the male
1: adagio is just just out of this world.
0: Was that you that has one of my favorite lines? Like, don't forget about our fun, fun, fun plan. Uh, was that Dan, you,
1: uh, Danny Rudin? Oh, just,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Well, Danny was was a delight. He he was in the first tour of Pippin that we did. Okay. And we ended up in the movie together, and um, he was just a delightful young guy. And he actually, you know, lost his life shortly after we finished
2: uh,
1: mm. filming. Out on Long Island off a car accident. Oh no! Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: gone. Just like that, you know. And, and then, and then you have, you know, other companies like Dancing and and all these guys gone. You know? Yeah, gone.
0: Especially, That's- you know, that time period we lost a generation.
1: I, I, you know, I, I began to not even want to know. It was so bad.
0: And, yeah. Uh,
1: again, you know, for the most part, it was it was their own abuse that you know killed them. And so uh, I, I just I just plowed on, you know, as I still do. I ended up marrying and two wonderful children. I have four, you know, um, grandchildren, four boys, you know that um uh, have the family name as well and uh, and so so here I am in Tampa taking care of these grandkids for the most part. That's my like full time job. <laughs> and and yeah. I teach I teach here, you know, a couple of nights a week. Um but Tampa dance is not exactly you know the center of the artistic world.
0: Not and quite. So-
1: <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm kind of dismissed as just somebody coming in teaching, you know. And, um, uh, but it's it's fine. Once in a while I get into New York and Broadway Dance Center or Steps, and, and I end up having 60 <clears throat> best dancers in New York City in my class. And, there you go. And they go crazy, you know. Um, but now I, I can't even afford to do that much anymore. It's just so expensive to, you know, try to fly and get a car and get in New York, and you
0: know. It's a lot, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and while I, I you know, I'll get paid some money, it's just not enough to cover my expenses.
0: Right, it's not worth it.
1: Nope, nope. So, so I think we're close to the end
0: yeah before okay. before i let you go i did want to ask because um one yeah. thing and when we first met you mentioned something that made me go oh um the musical the dance and musical theater program at uarts yes right. that's you yes that
1: was me that was yeah talk
0: to me about that real quick
1: well um while i was there you know and while I even while I was at Juilliard, I was constantly trying to get them to open up and and pick up musical theater and right. as a as a class, uh, and they just wouldn't even you know talk about it. Um, and so Susan finally opened up, and, and we started. Um, actually, it was a it was a music theater, maybe it was dance theater for actors
0: uh-huh, okay.
1: that I started. And um, and it was fun. It was really great fun. And um, by the time I got that class going, I ended up leaving and went to Chicago um, with my wife's job, pretty much. Uh, but I ended up teaching at Northwestern University there and, and created a big program at this college and that college. And uh, I taught for thirty-four years in, in universities and yet I don't yes. have, I don't have any degree whatsoever I don't even have a diploma <laughs> a
0: I think it's safe to say you're doing okay
1: <laughs> well uh, you know I probably should have been given an honorary doctorate at some point
0: yeah really <laughs> you
1: know I mean I created a master's program for UCF here in music theater um and I ran it for seven years and then 2007 eight came along and Wiped out my fellowship, and my program, and my job. Wow. Yeah, and we were doing brilliant things there. I was directing and choreographing all these wonderful shows, and you know, not only just for my my master's program, but for the the undergrad <clears throat> for the main right. university. And um, and it's gone. You know, That's and by then my kids had moved here, and we're set on in. So there was nothing else for me. So so now I just you know dream these horrible nightmares that we dream <laughs> re choreographing everything and redirecting everything I ever did. You know. Right. Oh no, to the left, to the
0: left. <laughs> God, no, please. That's so, an amazing um, connection because my my connection to the depart that program at uarts my good friend nancy berman cantra was the professor for that program uh for a while and i got to come in and sub for her a few times and the dancers that are in that program are amazing and and it all comes back to you look at that (laughs) so thank you (laughs) i mean mainly it was was jazz you know so
1: a couple levels that i had yeah you know, at the college. Um, but I would do musical theater, you know, with them, of course. And, um, uh, but then one day I, I remember I had, you know, beginning jazz class in kind of freshman, you know, and <clears throat> um, and I mentioned Gower and got, like, no response, you know. And I was huh. like, do you mean to tell me nobody in here like 30, 40 students, you know, knows what that name Gower means? And they're looking at me like, uh uh-huh. I was like, "That's it. Take off your shoes. Sit down. You gotta talk about this. This is not a joke, y'all. You know. I mean, this is a serious business, and and it's great for you to come in here and take these classes and things, you know, and and enjoy that. But you gotta study, man. You gotta know what the heck's going on in this in this wide ranging dance community." Um, and all, all of the different um, venues that it offers. Yeah. And for theater, especially being one of them, Gallagher Champion, look it up. I right. That, I expect some reports, you know, from some of you, you know, uh, because it's, it's not all just fun and games.
0: Right. You but, have to know your history.
1: Yeah. And for me, it, it always was. And I, I taught music and theater dance history. Uh, in the universities for years and years, which brings me to this other subject of this guy, George White, scandals that I've been working on for 35 years um, mm. and writing books and putting you know stuff together. And, and I have a screenplay about this guy that was you know completely forgotten and written out of history. And he developed everything we know about dance in America and music, all came from this guy that nobody knows anything about. Oh, wow. Yeah. George White and the Scandals, you know, and discovered George Gershwin. I mean, Gershwin was a big star. You know, Gershwin huh. wrote 48 songs for the Scandals, including I'll Build a Stairway to Paradise, Somebody Loves Me, la, 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 and, you know, it, it, it's, it's unfathomable to me that people, and young people especially, I mean, the problem is, you know, most of them don't even know who Bob Fosse is. So luckily we're having this conversation and we we're learning something.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: but to go back to, you know, um, to Jack Cole and, and Bob, you know, George White and, and um, you know, the 20s, Irene and Vernon Castle instead. and stuff, uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're clueless. You know?
0: That's a and shame. I,
1: I, a student stopped me in talking about George Gershwin in class the other day. And, and, and he said, You know, wh- why do I need to know about this? <clears throat> like,
0: I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, what?
0: <laughs> Musical theater did not start with rent.
1: No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. No recourse Thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, and so it's still a project that I still have kind of on the books and in the back of my mind, and um, uh, I don't have a lot of connections at this point. You know, I'm knocking down doors in Hollywood or New York, you know? and so I just can't even present it to people, and, um, and yet I have this incredible collection. Uh, of five thousand items that I accumulated from the early teens and twenties and thirties, you know. Wow. Dealing with the review shows, and um, if you go on my Facebook, you'll see, you know, a lot of those original uh, images and photographs and things that I have. Um, okay. Which is what I was going to say about this guy who started life as a dancer as a hoofer. Right. Um, Buster dancing for pennies in the Bowery, yeah, in nineteen hundred, and and he deserves a better fate than than what he got. Ziegfeld has thirty eight books about himself and counting. George White, who bested Ziegfeld on numerous and all occasions, you know, um, nothing, not a single book i written about this guy. Nothing.
0: Wow. And I, sadly, I, that's not an uncommon story.
1: No, no, it isn't, and, and that's why you know I, I feel bad about it, but I'm not going to lose too much more sleep over it necessarily.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I wish you luck that uh, something comes of that project because it's very important.
1: Well, it, it is very important because uh, of. Uh, of again the structure that that he put uh, musical theater in, and right. uh, and and he he discovered everybody from you know Alice Faye to uh, Anne Miller, Eleanor Powell, you know Bill Bojangles Robinson. Wow! And, but, I mean, the, they all came out of him, and um, uh, and he deserves a better fate. Right?
2: He amassed okay.
1: a hundred million dollar fortune through the 20s and 30s. You can imagine. A street punk. Never went to wow. school his life. Yeah. But he took all that money out of the Ziegfelds and Schubert's pockets and stuff. And, and so they wrote him out of history.
0: Um, well, at least it's not one of those situations where, like, they died penniless. Oh, That's at least good. Did. Oh, he, he did? did.
1: Damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he died in UCLA hospital, I mean, after all the years, 1960s, you know, come around and he lived to 78 years old, 1968. Uh, so for his last few years of his life, um, Beverly Hills Hotel, for which he had put up you know, stars for a couple decades, right. um, gave him a room and food, you know. For the last years of his life. Well, that's something. Okay. Well, he's something, you know. But um, on his deathbed, though, he said, you know, I'd do it all again and spend it all.
0: It's, it's, and that's it's, how you, okay, life well lived, okay.
1: Well, the I'm problem perfect. was, see, that he never married. And so he had no children or, or anyone, you know, to pass on his legacy or or the monies. Even. Right. And so he just blew it all.
0: Um, I see that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's kind of a sad story, but yet, you know, it, it's an amazing story what this guy accomplished.
2: But
1: he discovered the Charleston. He didn't dis- he, he brought it to the public. Huh. 1922, there was a first black musical on Broadway, Shuffle Along. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. It's this one, Blake. Um, and the second musical on Broadway, a black musical, is called "Runnin' Wild," in 1923. Okay, it was totally solely produced by George White, with the entire black cast and black, you know, um, uh, writers and and etc. Um, but George really? White knew that his friends up in Harlem had been working on this dance, you know, for years and so he put it in the show in 1923 and introduced the Charleston to the world huh yeah not not widely known Um,
0: I didn't know that (laughs) look at me learning things
1: did it strictly you know so that he could introduce it to the world and and to his dying days you know nobody knows who who really created it it came out of the south and and the Harlem or whatever um, but he takes credit for introducing it to the world which he did
0: right because right. it always came out that like you know that was the dance that was the, the, the thing that was happening in the times uh, yeah right but, uh, Charles
1: uh, is his name first or last name um, something but um, who wrote the music that's the original tune don't don't Dum dum right. That's the tune. That's the Charleston. That's in Running Wild. But,
2: huh.
1: And that's the one that George White, you know, took credit for and produced. He produced a lot. Of, he produced eighty-eight shows and plays on Broadway. Wow. Many of which, you know, he he was a silent sort of you know person about, um, for various reasons.
0: Right. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: But he did a, more more things on Broadway than David Merrick or any of them ever even dreamed of. You know.
0: So that's it. Wow. So, well, that was fascinating. Well,
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I'll send you I'll send you the screenplay. You know, I'm not okay. sure If I did or not.
0: If, no, if I'll. I'll but, great.
1: But, but I'll send you the screenplay. You know, it's it's about oh. him and. Um, and it's called Stay Away to Paradise. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And, and what's remarkable, i probably shouldn't keep talking about it so much, is that, you know, all of the Gershwin music, especially mm-hmm. from the scandals that started in 1920 through 24, um, is now public domain.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. I own it. You own it. We right.
1: own it. Right. So we can put it in shows. We can... Do whatever we want to with that music. There you go. Yeah, we're in paradise.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's very amazing, and I keep telling people, you know, I mean, there's 48 songs from the Scandals, many of which have never been heard, never been recorded, and they lost treasures. They they lost, you know, track of what George Gershwin did in those early years. You know, they only consider. What he, the book musicals that he did with the brother, you know?
0: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: And so, these early years, I mean, he's working with Buddy Da Silva and Paul Whiteman, orchestra, and they're doing all this incredible stuff, you know, incredible. In 1922, he, along with Da Silva and, and, um, and Paul Whiteman, put together a twenty-minute-long black jazz blues opera huh. called Blue, "Blue Monday Blues." So write that down. Look it up. Okay. Uh, Will do. It, it had one performance only in an, uh, a preview, opening night preview in Chicago, in Boston, uh, and it's never been performed since. Huh. Except that, fifteen years later, it becomes Broadway best.
0: Uh, got uh, it much to what
1: people want to dispute about the fact that Gershwin went down south you know in the late 30s to uncover this music uh-huh. the south. no he'd already written it in 1922 from uh-huh. the first part of him.
2: yeah
0: that sounds right <laughs> don't
1: believe, believe everything you hear right
0: exactly
1: all right, brother.
0: Well, thank you so much, Gary Flannery. This has been a fascinating conversation. Well, I hope you. you had a great time.
1: It was great. It was great. And I, and I say hello and, and, and best of luck in all the world to, to all my Philly you know, fans and, and friends. and um, uh, Go Eagles. And <laughs>
0: <coughs> thank you so much.
1: Hey, all right. So we'll, we'll talk
0: again. Thanks. Thank you. This has been Dance Talk Radio brought to you by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. If you are a dancer in Philly or if you love a dancer in Philly, please consider going to PhiladelphiaDance.org and clicking on the Become a Member button and taking advantage of all the wonderful benefits that come from being a dancer in Philly. My name is Charles Tyson, Jr., your host, and thank you very much and have a wonderful day.